You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hey, Live Different Podcast listeners, are you between the ages of 21 and 35, want to go and explore the world, but maybe you need to make some new friends because your old friends are a little bit boring these days? Come and check out under30experiences.com. We have some really amazing local experiences. We're not talking about uh, luxury resort vacations where you just sit and drink margaritas until you pass out and get some burn and eat all you can eat meals and do it all over again the next day. This is not that type of vacation. These are adventure trips to places like Bali, Indonesia, the rainforest of Costa Rica, Iceland, the countryside of Ireland, all over the world. And we bring together a bunch of awesome people, not only to have a great time on the trip, of course, but to also bring back a little bit of what they learned to the community, uh, to their local cities. And we get together in about 25 different cities all over the United States and Canada. So if this sounds interesting to you, head on over to under30experiences.com and check it out. We'd love to have you on a trip sometime. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I am Matt Wilson, and today I am here with Jason Wacob from Mind Body Green. He is the author of a new book, which I'm really excited to talk about. And uh, we are actually both in New York today, and we did not, re- well, I realized it too late, I guess. And uh, so we're Skyping from across the East River, but uh, that's all right, Jason, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, you you got it. I uh, I heard you on uh, my buddies Brandon and uh, and Dan's podcast, Send Dude Fitness, and yep. uh, yeah, I liked I liked what you had to say. And um, your you know your new book sounds really interesting. It's called Wealth, uh, but it's spelled W E L L T H, and how I learned to build a life, not a resume. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to to chat with you and. About exactly that. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, you, you got it. Um, Jason, I'm curious if you could just kind of share your, your story overarching. I mean, you're the uh, co-founder of this independent media brand, Mind, uh, Mind Body Green. And um, yeah, I was reading up a little bit. I mean, I've, I've been to the site many times, of course. But uh, yeah, I know that you have a, a like millions of visitors that read every month and uh you know you have a team of over 30 people um and so yeah i'm just curious to, as uh if we could hear your story a little bit on on how you got to this point sure so here's the quick version i <clears throat> 41 i went to columbia and played basketball there I graduated in 1998, and, and back then, uh, there were no startups. Uh, people generally did one of three things. One, if they had an aptitude for science and were really interested in helping people, they probably went to med school and became doctors. Uh, two, if they had really great grades, they probably went to law school. And three, if you didn't have either of those things, uh, you probably went to Wall Street. So I, I went to Wall Street. I became a trader. I was someone who did not grow up with money and so really desperately wanted to make money. Uh, 
first of all, to pay off my college debt. And, and, and I think second of all, I just really saw money as something that bought freedom and was this, this thing I always, you know, I never had. So I just, I, I really thought it would bring me happiness. And so, uh, Two years in, had a really great year trading and, and did really well financially and was able to pay off my college debt, do things like buy my mom a car and, and like had arrived from a financial perspective. And when that happened, you know, my, my, my biggest month financially, um, earnings wise was like the most miserable month of my life. I was in a relationship that was very serious and was falling apart and I was just miserable. So I, I saw early on this contrast and, and the reality that, that money did not buy happiness. Here was, here was money, this thing I wanted my whole life, I finally have it, and I was just, ter was just in terrible shape because this relationship was falling apart. So it really opened my eyes, uh, really great life lesson early on. And then, you know, a couple years later, 9-11 happened, and I was a few blocks away when that happened and changed my life like it changed a lot of people's lives and just really started to question, like, what am I doing? What do I want to do? And so finally... Uh, left to become an entrepreneur and work for a healthcare startup, which was a great learning experience, but ultimately didn't work, and then started a cheesecake company, low-carb cheesecake, which, you know, great, great lessons there, but ultimately didn't work, <laughs> and then uh, launched, uh, I was a co-founder of a really great organic cookie company called Crummy Brothers, really delicious organic chocolate chip cookies. And we were in every Whole Foods market in the country. And, you know, around this time, like, I'm also, like, feeling terrible because I, I've, here I am, I'm 30, and I moved back home, and I'd made all this money and took me, you know, saved a lot, but, you know, you know really left with, with nothing and started to question, like, what am I doing? And, you know, I should go back to Wall Street and... You know, all my friends are, are, are rising their careers, and here I am sort of, uh, you know, going, seems to be going the opposite direction. So I'm excited to be part of this thing, Crummy Brothers, and we were in every Whole Foods market, and I, it, was, it was exciting, but it was hard. And we were, uh, you know, required a lot of traveling. I flew almost 150,000 miles domestic in one year, and wow. I'm six, six foot seven, uh, sitting in a coach seat, not not a good situation. It turned out I had an old basketball injury that got exacerbated by all the flying and 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 compression and and stress. Stress played a huge part in part in this. Um, and I had two extruded discs, L4, L5, S1, pressing on my sciatic nerve. So I had excruciating sciatica shooting down my right leg. It was terrible. My right leg was like a lightning rod. I, I could not walk. Saw a doctor. He said, you need back surgery. It's non-negotiable. So I, I sought a second opinion. And, you know, I have nothing against surgery. I just view it as something you generally want to avoid. And the uh, second doctor said the same thing. You need surgery. And it was almost like an afterthought. He said, you know, maybe some yoga or therapy might help. So I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give yoga a shot. So started with some really light yoga. We're talking like five to 10 minutes, a couple of restorative poses in the morning and at night. And over the course of a few weeks, I started to feel better. And over the course of a few months, I completely healed. So I never got, I never got back surgery. And so in that process, I started going down this path of looking at stress and spirituality and nutrition and the environment. And, and I made a lot of changes in my life. And, um, and, I, and I was like, holy cow, everyone's 
got this this health thing wrong. Every print magazine leads you to believe it's about weight loss and vanity, and I looked really good at the time, but I was falling apart. Uh, and the web was dominated by people, you know, Googling for symptoms and then freaking out and running to the emergency room, which I'm sure, you know, I think all of us have all done at one point in our lives. Uh, and I was like, it's more nuanced. It's more holistic. It's it's this blend of mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, environmental well-being. It's like quite literal. It's, it's mind, body, green. And so launched the site, uh, found my two co-founders and and didn't even know what to do with it. We were in beta, you know, so we were we were out there, but not really out there, so to speak, in 2007, and officially launched in 2009. And uh, it, it, it here we are today, uh, so seven years later, full time into this, we've we've come a long way, and uh, you know, le learned a lot along the way. Uh, you know, this idea of of wealth, which I spell W E L L T H, is something I've become really passionate about in redefining success, and. Uh, and so, so yeah, that, that's the abbreviated version uh, of the journey. And I, I, I'm sure I could drill down a bit more because I've been doing this for a long time. But <laughs> now that's that's awesome, Jason. And it, there's a million different points that I'd love to ask you about. Uh, but the one that that really stuck out in my mind, especially when it comes to this unique blend of Western medicine yet holistic stuff, which which your website is all about, and you have millions of people that are are reading this on on Mind Body Green. I I'm curious as to when you're in, you know, you've seen your second doctor, and he says, yeah, you you have to have surgery, or you know, and then they kind of say as an afterthought, or. You could try yoga and learn how to touch your toes or, you know, it's like right. generally doctors don't know anything about yoga or don't know anything about any other. Uh, <laughs> okay, now my, now my biases are coming up, but they don't know, usually don't know much than other than what they read in their science textbook and, you know, how to treat, uh, you know, how to treat X, you know, it's just like the person who Googles it online and says, okay, I must have this. Uh, my knee hurts. Fix knee. Well, no, it's probably because your posture is wrong. And it's probably because, you know, you've been wearing high heels or it's probably because, you know, there's a million different uh, things when you look at the body holistically. But most doctors just want to look at uh, the symptom and fix the symptom and not fix yep. the overall uh, the overall operating system of, of your body. But I, I'm so curious as to like how that could even cross someone's mind. Like the, the, I, I get it, right? Because I'm a practitioner of yoga, but for you were, you, were you open to this stuff or were you thinking, oh yeah, maybe I could do 10 minutes of some funny little exercises and that might actually help and not have to make me go under the knife. Uh, could you tell me a little bit more about that decision? Yeah. I, I went into it just not really having any expectations. I, I saw surgery as a last resort, and I, I think I thought to myself, you know, I'll be okay. You know, I'll, I'll try therapy, I'll try yoga, I'll try whatever. And at the end of the day, if I have to get surgery, I'll get surgery. I'll be fine. And so I, I really didn't go into it with, with expectations. It was just something along the lines of, okay, I'll I'll try it. I'll see how it goes. 
And I think that having that mindset where there are you, there is no attachment and there are no expectations is oftentimes very powerful. Sure. You're just open. And I was like, open, I'll try it. And we'll see what happens. And then you start to feel things in your body and you start to see results and then you start to gain confidence. Then something else happens with your mind and body, which I think is very powerful too. And then and, and that... I think just allowed me to pick up steam when I really started to see like, oh wow, this is working. Like, holy cow, like I gotta keep doing this. Like, this is fantastic. Like, I believe I can heal now. So it's sort of, it's a blend of, I think, uh, letting go and not having attachment. And at the same time, uh, in the process, believing you can heal. I think, I think that combination is powerful. Yeah, I think uh, if you were to go into surgery, Right. You were thinking, all right, this doctor, I'm not exactly sure how this surgery works, but this doctor is going to fix my back. You know, please. It's like you're giving up uh, all personal control in the matter. And you're saying, all right, doctor is responsible for realigning my spine or, or fusing, yep. you know, fusing the disc together or, or whatever exactly uh is going to happen in this spinal surgery, but if you go into something different, right, a, a more holistic, okay, you're not just fixing the bone or you're not just fixing the the spinal cord. You're, if you're doing yoga, you're strengthening the stabilizer muscles, which are going to help you uh, sit and stand better, or fly, on, you know, fly on an airplane better, or not be compressing and jamming your spine the whole time. It makes sense, but it's more than just like, hey, I need to fix this very tiny part of my. Uh, you know, it, I need to fix this very tiny part of my body. And then once you probably saw the, the benefits, it started to be maybe a psychosomatic thing where yep. you're, you're like, oh, wait, I'm letting go of all this pounding on my body. Or I, I, I read uh, somewhere where you had talked about uh, why do you know, so many football players struggle with violent crimes? Yep. Well, they've been practicing violence their entire lives, or they yep. come from very violent upbringings. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really interesting to, to hear you talk about how, um, how that all probably worked together. And then you saw that, could you talk maybe a little bit more about how your life changed after you started to feel a little bit better and, and started yeah. to do yoga? Yeah, well, you know, yoga saved me in a lot of ways. I, I literally went from not being able to walk <laughs> to, to being fine. And so, uh, and being an athlete, I, you know, I was a gym guy. I did the elliptical, although I've always hated running. Uh, I, I, I saw the gym as like my go-to exercise, my, go, my go-to practice. And that changed. And I, I just, yoga had saved me and it, and it became a huge part of my life. I started going to, you know, classes publicly everywhere and just couldn't get enough of it. And, you know, it became really apparent uh, that yoga to me was the ultimate mind-body practice. And, and also like, uh, you know, I think, I don't think all yoga, all yoga is good, but I don't think it's created equally like this idea of, you know, finding yoga where you're really practicing ease. And I really got that ingrained in me from Tara Stiles and Michael Taylor here in New York, like this idea of like, you know, practicing ease, like that yoga is about practicing ease. If you want your life to be easy, like you should practice easy and yoga in a lot of ways is practicing that. And on the contrary, like I talk about football players, like football players having a violent issues with violence. It's like, no duh, like they, they practice violence. You can't can't turn you can't turn things on and off 
And so I really connected with yoga in that way. And, uh, you know, it just became a big part of my life and couldn't get enough of it. Uh, and, and strangely enough, something I've talked about too, you know, I went from going, you know, doing it at home to finally being comfortable to go to a public class, to going to public classes every day as Mind Body Green started to really grow. Uh, ironically, like, it started to affect my, my yoga practice. You know, here I am. I'm preaching yoga and wellness and like what happened to my practice where every day became, you know, once a week and then once a month. And I was like, holy cow, like, well, I, what happened to me? And so I've, my, my yoga practice has now evolved to something that I do on the weekends at home for 15 to 20 minutes. And I never, and I can always commit to that. Like I believe in, you know, the, the best, uh, the best practice is the one you actually do. And so it's evolved, and I'm sure it'll evolve again. But it's a, it's a huge part of my life, and uh, it's also, I think, the backbone and the DNA of Mind, Body, Green and what we stand for. So, Man, Jason, that's, that's really cool. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, so now that I'm back in New York, uh, I, I mentioned before, I think, before we started recording that I live in Costa Rica. Yep. And uh, it's, a, I don't know if you've ever been, but it's an extremely laid back culture. And I live in, in nature at the edge of the jungle. And nobody is particularly in a hurry. And uh, it, it's very refreshing. And it, extra, it, it really, really was able to help me with my, my stress levels. And uh, I lived in, in New York for several years in the city, in Manhattan, and uh, it was hard. And, and I realized that for so much of my life, and not just living in New York, but just growing up as a kid, uh, I practiced violence. And I was always getting into to fist fights with other kids. I mean, countless times, or, you know, I was a bit of a, a bully, um, or I just would... You know, like I don't know, my parents bought me toy guns. You know, what kind of violence are you are you practicing? Sure. Um, you know, growing up in the yeah, growing up in the eighties and nineties, and it just seemed a lot more accept acceptable or something that I'm so far detached from now. Uh, you know, you see violence on TV, and you just you practice violence. And when I get back to New York, you know, a lot of times. I feel that that edge that New York can have, that uh, sure. you're crossing the street and there's the siren going and someone's holding your, their horn down on you and, you know, you, you get off the train at, at uh, Times Square. I had to go to a, a doctor's appointment and all of a sudden I just wanted to push people and shove them out of the way in the, in the subway. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure you know that feeling, um, but I'm wondering if you had anything... Uh, you know, obviously practicing yoga and being on the mat has certainly helped me. And that's what you're alluding to is having a, a practice of yoga that helps you practice this ease and, and grace through your, your life. Um, but I was wondering if people are listening who have struggled with, uh, with really practicing violence, right? And, and always being in contact sports, et cetera, et cetera. What are some things that people can do to, to let that go? Sure. Well, a couple of things. Uh, one, one, I think, because the New York question comes up a lot. Uh, two things. One, I think living in Brooklyn helps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hate Midtown Manhattan. I love New York. I am a New Yorker. I've lived here, you know, most of my adult life, and I just love the city. I love the energy. Uh, but it is too much, and Brooklyn is 
a lot more mellow, a lot quieter, a lot more laid back. And, and once again, like, I think it comes down to it, the way I define health and happiness. It's, it's mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and environmental well-being. And if you look at those, let's, let's call those like the five pillars, you know, mental, New York has that, like the mental stimulations there, physical, you can do anything here. You know, whatever workout there is, no matter how insane, like what's going on here with like boutique fitness is, is, is borderline crazy. Yeah. Uh, spiritual, like tons of, you know, beautiful churches, synagogues, religious organization groups, like communities, like absolutely like emotional uh, absolutely. Like, I think the, the connections you have in the city, whether it's on the subway, like the, the culture of connecting with people is just, I think in New York, it's better almost than any place in the world. Like in LA, it's a car culture. It's very hard to connect to people, uh, on, you know, on a daily basis. And I think New York has that. So like, what does that leave us with the environmental, you know? And I think, yeah, like New York, it is not as great as it could be in terms of environmental well-being. I, I think there, th you know, there, there are there's not great access to you know to trails and hiking and and, and lush green nature and, and water. But it's getting better, you know. I, I think we lack there. For me, I, I find that in Brooklyn, where I'm right next to Brooklyn Bridge Park, which is beautiful, and there's Central Park. Um, so, like the New York thing, I, I think like we're pretty good. I don't think I think I don't think we're in my definition of well-being, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, environmental well-being. I, I think we're pretty good. I, score, I think we score like in like in like an eighty-five. If wow. <laughs> uh, and then to your point, in terms of like how, how do you, if you are prone to to anger, or violence, you know, what can you do? You know, obviously, you know, we're both huge believers in in yoga. Uh, I think meditation. Is, is is a tremendous practice. Um, you know, there are tons of studies uh, that suggest meditation actually has proven you know benefits in terms of of trauma, violence, people suffering from PTSD. <clears throat> it works. You know, there's uh, great organizations that you know the David Lynch Foundation does a lot of great uh, meditation training with at-risk kids. In the city, who are you know who who come from trauma, who come from violence, uh, they also work with uh, soldiers, you know, suffering from PTSD, Iraqi, Iraqi and Af Afghani war veterans, and so meditation, I think, is the practice. I think if, if if you're really struggling with with anger and violence, I think that that practice is probably uh, you know better better than any. And then obviously, like you know, being able to, to talk about it and working with a, a therapist obviously helps too. But I, I would I would say meditation. Sure, sure. Yeah. That, and that's something that has really helped me. And that was something that I, I got into, of course, after my my yoga practice. And then I started to, to really understand it was not it, it was something that I had never even considered. And uh, also just for me, controlling my environment, uh, meaning the media that I consume and, the, sure. you know, just having a constant source of positivity, getting rid of the, the angry, you know, the angry rap music, right? Like I can remember being in high school blasting Eminem <laughs> and now if I listen to Eminem, I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. Okay. So are you my age? How old are you? No, no, I'm, uh, I am 30. Okay. <laughs> Very young. And yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I can, 
I can remember in, in high school just like blasting at the worst possible decibel ever. And now, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm with my, with my noise canceling headphones, listening to, to podcasts where people are promoting positivity, et cetera. So it, it really does t- help take the edge off. It's been, uh, it's been, been quite a journey. So awesome. uh, no, I, I appreciate those, those tips. Um, Jason, I, I wanted to ask you, um, a little bit about your article, 39 Life Lessons That You Learned in 39 Years, which I believe was, was that the precursor to your book? Um, yes, that started it all. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I was able to, uh, I think you mentioned that with uh, on Zen Dude Fitness, and um, I was able to find that pretty easily on, on uh, your website as well. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask you about a, just a couple different um, points. And one, you know, people are probably listening right now and saying, well, yoga worked for Jason and uh, meditation is something that I'm always talking about on the podcast. And so, you know, that, ha- that happened to work for, for me. But one of your principles, or one of those 39 principles was that there's no one size fits all program. And uh uh, my question is, with all of the fad diets, with all of the information that is out there, even you know, even on a, a site such as yours, can be overwhelming for people who are sure. just trying to get into something. And you know, oh, every doctor says you should exercise, but there's a million different types of exercise. So, could you talk a little bit about how somebody could go about finding the program that works for them? Sure. Uh- you have to find what works for you. And so this idea, this one-size-fits-all approach, it drives me nuts. So as I say, I'm 6'7", I'm 41, I do yoga a couple times a week, I meditate. Like, how could what's good for me be what's good for a 5'4", 19-year-old woman who runs 10 miles a day? Like, that that's insane in terms of nutrition, in terms of workout. Um, it, it's insane. And so you have to find what works for you, what you like. I hate running. My wife loves running, you know. I, I like yoga. Someone else may hate, hate yoga. And once again, this idea of the, the best practice, the best workout is the one you actually do. So I think it's absolutely critical to find something you like. Sure. <laughs> and whatever it may be. Just do it, you know, and yes, I'm a big believer in yoga, but if that's not your thing, even if you, you love CrossFit or, or whatever, even in boxing, like I'm going to go out there, even though it's like you're sort of practicing violence, like find something, find something you like and, and do it. Because uh, ultimately, if you don't like it, you will stop and you will get discouraged. And, and the same goes for nutrition. You know, yes, I believe uh, in the principle of, of, of vegetables. I think, you know, eating more vegetables and generally eating a plant-based diet is probably what, what we should all be doing. But I, I also believe in, in enjoying food and uh, breaking bread and it, and you don't want to deprive yourself. So, you know, if, if, if you want to have meat every once in a while, have meat. If you want to have, you want to have a great donut, have a donut. But, like, you should probably be eating a lot of vegetables and fruits. You know, that start your diet there. I think where we're at with nutrition is 
you know, I think most people are eating mostly processed foods and animal products. You know, it's probably 90% of the standard American diet. And then like fruits and vegetables is, is a small percentage. I think you need to reverse that. And then you're probably going to be fine. But you got to find what works for you too. Like some people, you know, if you love meat, don't completely cut meat out of your diet unless you have a health issue. If you, if you hate meat, then no big deal. You know, if you if you love pasta, then have some pasta. Like gluten's probably not that great for you, but you know, and you probably shouldn't have it every day. But don't don't deprive yourself. So it goes back. Like I'm a big believer in finding a lifestyle. Like it's not, you know, it's not a it's not a workout. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. So you have to find what works for you, what you like, and stick with it, yeah. and you'll be successful. That, yeah, that, that's really well said, and uh, th there's certainly something to be said about uh, finding that balance, but when you're consuming food, right, or when you're consuming any type of information that's going on on the outside world, so it's whether it's uh, uh, consuming your, your hobby or consuming your media or consuming your, your exercise, whatever, your, whatever information your brain is taking in, right, that is supposed to... There's a certain, like right down to the biochemistry, there's a certain reaction that that's going to make in your brain. Uh, but I, I'm curious about the balance, right? Because, okay, yeah, uh, I like pasta and I really try not to eat gluten. So, but once in a while, you know, I went to a, a buddy, like being in New York, an Italian buddy of mine said, hey, I'm going to come over, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to cook you pasta. Are you going to be sick because I know you don't eat gluten? I said, no, it's it's fine. But that having a meal and a, a glass of wine with a friend, that made me happy, right? Yep, so that was exactly. information that my body took in. And I was like, wow, I'm really satisfied at the end of the day. I didn't just you know, eat, uh, I didn't eat a pound of kale tonight. This was actually, this was fantastic. So could, could you talk a little bit more about how important that balance is and to be able to find something, not just that you like that, but that makes you feel good, I guess on a, a holistic level and, and using the word holistically about every, uh, about everything that your how your body feels. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it is trial and error and, and, you know, trying everything and, and, and seeing what works. And at the same time, enjoying life. Like, it's a great example you provided. Like, here you are in New York. You're not here often. You're, you're connecting with a friend. You know, he makes great pasta. It's like, you got to enjoy that. And I think how, how you look at, at what you're eating is also pretty important, too. Like, if you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm here. This is a special moment. This food's great. I'm really going to, like savor it and enjoy it and be mindful about this this meal and be mindful about how delicious you know each each bite is and be mindful about how great this experience is and I'm hanging out with my buddy like that that's a great experience versus on the other hand going into that meal being like oh my god like I can't believe I'm eating gluten I'm gonna you know get I'm gonna get bloated I'm gonna be all backed up. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna break out. All, you know, all these things are gonna happen, and then like you're, 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 you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for a stress response, and you're pretty much like just killing this whole experience. Sure. And and you know, sure you can't do that uh, every day, but you should do it every once in a while. Like there's a great. Uh, there's a great book, Blue Zones, from Dan Buettner, who's a friend of mine, a friend of my buddy Green, and he talks about 
you know, some, some of the, the communities around the world, I don't know if you're familiar with Blue Zones, we studied all these communities that were, you know, where people were really thriving uh, late in life. People, you know, octogenarians, you know, people living to 100. And, and one of the things he found was like this, you know, th there is a great connection among the community. And so it's important. And it was actually less about diet. What he found there, like the common thread is most people, you know, ate, ate mostly vegetables and fruits, not a ton of meat. They, they drank, not a ton, but they had deep connection to others. They exercised, but not too much. So once again, it speaks to this lifestyle. Like, are you enjoying life? You know, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I'm a big fan of, of Dan's work, actually. I live very close to a, to a blue zone. One of That's his blue right. zones is the uh, Nicoya Peninsula in yep. Costa Rica. So I, I'd love to chat with him sometime. That'd be, that'd be amazing. I'd, uh, yeah, I want to I study his work more because that connection that people have in Costa Rica is, you know, it's very, very family oriented. It's a, a very, I live in a small town where people help each other out and it's very, it's very refreshing to me. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's very fertile soil, et cetera, um, you know, for, for great foods to grow and, and stuff like that. So that's, uh, that's cool that, that you guys are friends. I think he, he either wrote an endorsement for your book or he's a, he a contributor to mine, yeah. uh, to, yeah, to mine body green. Um, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, Jason, I wanted to uh, I, I wanted to ask you uh, about something I found in your in that thirty nine life lessons, and uh, it could be technical, and, and feel free to explain it however you you like. Um, but you talked about actually changing your genes, and uh, it's you know it, it the resource went to a, a video on epigenetics and you know you don't have to explain all that in in detail if uh if you don't want to but i'm curious as to you know there's a lot of research being done right now as to uh, how you can rewire your brain and you can use mindfulness and see the positive and see the opportunities in things rather than uh, always having that negativity bias where once you start roll, going downhill, things just snowball and your day gets worse and worse. But you're, you know, you alluded to that you can actually change your genes. And I was wondering if you could explain that a little bit. Yeah, there's something big happening uh, in science right now, which is really encouraging. And I think it's this, this idea that Western is starting to support Eastern. So you mentioned you know, meditation, great example. You know, years ago, people, I think, probably saw meditation as this, you know, spiritual, airy-fairy thing. Uh, maybe you felt good, maybe you didn't, but eh, benefits, not sure. Uh, now science is really caught up, and, and the, the benefits are proven. And, you know, with changing your genes, you know, it, it's really amazing. Like, it, it's really, you know... Eastern and Western is, is catching up. And to me, that's like one of the most exciting things. So like a lot of things we talk about, you know, we're talking about lifestyle, nutrition, stress, meditation, yoga. Uh, you know, it, you, your genes are not etched in stone. Through these practices, science is actually catching up and, and say they work. And there are two particularly like uh, areas, you know, that, that, that speak to this. One is the microbiome, you know, so we're, we're made up of billions of bacteria. It's a microbiome. It's everywhere. There's, you know, essentially 
lives in our, you know, the, the, the core of the microbiome is in the gut. And so there's, there's correlation between disease, health, length of everything in the microbiome. And so, you know, this idea of, of us saying like eat more vegetables, uh, there's science that actually suggests that like a healthier microbiome, uh, is 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 based off like a plant-based diet <laughs> like there's eating too much meat and dairy is not good for like a healthy microbiome and there, there's a great piece from michael pollan in the new york times about the microbiome so like wow like okay like gut health huge thing like actually nutrition vegetables like it, it's it's not a cliche like there's real science here that supports like microbiome and i will like have a healthier life and 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 so the the other exciting thing are telomeres so telomeres are essentially like the ends of shoelaces uh it, it, it's in our body it's there's a correlation that, you know it's, a, it's sort of it's a little complicated but to sum it up like there is science that suggests a correlation between length of telomere and length of life and there's also science that suggests that you can lengthen telomeres through lifestyle practices like nutrition stress reduction. Uh, there's also science that suggests there's correlation between length of telomeres and, and like income. So like if you're lower income area, shorter telomere, and also studies around soda consumption. And there are also, so, but, but you can lengthen telomeres through lifestyle practice, like meditation, you know, plant-based diet. So essentially if you're saying, if we're saying there's a, there's a potential correlation between length of telomere and length of life, and then we're also saying we can lengthen telomeres, like, essentially saying you can, you can lengthen your life. And so like, that's a pretty powerful concept. Like we're saying like, we can like lengthen your life through lifestyle. And so what's also really interesting about like this larger concept is, uh, you know, in Silicon Valley, you read things about there, there's the race for people, uh, you know, to live to 150 and 200 and so forth. Uh, Google, or I should say Alphabet, uh, has, a company, one of the companies in the Alphabet portfolio is Calico Labs. Calico Labs uh, hired the leading researcher on telomeres. Her name is Cynthia Kenyon. And she's like, there's like three people. She's like number one. And so like this idea of like living forever and revert, you know, and changing your genes and your genetic makeup, you know, it, it, it's very real and it's like happening. <laughs> And what's most encouraging, yes, like science, and I'm sure drugs will, will play a role in this. You know, there's this thing, you know, smart drugs is like a thing that's happening right now and supplements and so forth. But a lot of it's driven by lifestyle changes. So this idea, like getting back to like changing your genes and lengthening your life, like this is, you know, Western supporting Eastern. So like lifestyle changes work and and science is catching up there. My long-winded way of saying that. <laughs> no, I, I think that's uh, that's absolutely true. And uh, for anybody who wants to hear more about some of the stuff, I'll try to link these up in the show notes on on under30ceo.com. Uh, but you know, we're yeah, talking... we've got we've got some great videos um, from my buddy Green, our revitalized event, actually on the microbiome and telomeres. So oh, excellent! They're excellent. awesome. Yeah, they'll do a lot better job articulating it than, than I do. No, that, that sounds good because <laughs> I'm actually not familiar with telomeres, but um, it, I, I'd like everybody to be able to have some resources for epigenetics and uh, neuroplasticity, as I, yep. I mentioned, rewiring your 
your brain and um, your microbiome, you know, the, the concept of, okay, eating, e eating stuff that's good for your, for your gut health and uh, a lot of that stuff is, is local or, or healthy, uh, or healthy, local or uh, coming from fertile, healthy soil, etc. So, uh, and yeah, eating, you got to start by eating vegetables if you're going to, uh, if you're going to get into, to, yeah, your good, healthy microbiome and, and getting bacteria from that soil, etc. Um yeah, Jason. I know. Uh, I know you need to go in in a minute. But this has been, uh, yeah, absolutely a, a really interesting conversation and and a lot of good gems in here uh, for people to to learn about. Um, you know, and a lot of good resources because yeah, sure, you can listen to us talk about this stuff, but but finding out what's right for you, which is what we're talking about here. Uh, isn't just okay. Listen to the podcast, and then yes, sure, go sign up for a yoga a yoga class. But see if it works for you, and see if you can stick with it. I think that's that's really important. So you know, this is only the the beginning for for people listening. Um, but Jason, I wanted to to just ask you the the uh, overarching question at the end: if you know there was one thing that someone could do to go out and build wealth as you define it, W-E-L-L-T-H, and build a life and not a resume, what would you tell them? Well, I would say get the book. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because, uh, and I'll say that, no, jokingly, but seriously, uh, when I was going through my own personal journey, I spent a lot of time at Barnes & Noble. I bought probably hundreds of books, and I think what you find in books is usually, you know, there are books on business, there are books on self-help, there are books on relationships, there are books on nutrition, there are books on working out and so forth. And I, I really felt, you know, one of the reasons why I wrote Wealth is this is the book I wish I had back then, you know, when I was starting my journey. It would have saved me a lot of money. <laughs> and, and true health and happiness are, it's not just one pillar. It's not just self-help. It's not just business. It's not just nutrition or just working out. All these things are interconnected in what I call wealth. And I, I think, you know, th this really would have saved me a lot of money and, it was, and, and a, a lot of uh, hard lessons along the way if there was something like that. So in a lot of ways, you know, I go back to I, I wrote the book I wish I had when I started. So. Well, that is the, the fantastic thing about today's day and age anybody can publish this stuff and and uh help other people with the lessons that they've learned so jason for that we we thank you awesome thanks so much Brad. i appreciate it yeah you got it hey did you like today's episode if you did log on to itunes and leave us a review it would really help us out we try to put out good free content all of the time Check out the show notes on under30co.com. Send the podcast to a friend who could use some of the advice. And, of course, if you want to travel with us, check out under30experiences.com and 50% off Athletic Greens on the show notes. Thanks for listening.